Mr. Benfica is a production of the PTB Media Network. All rights reserved. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, CastBox, Overcast, Himalaya, Pod Paradise, TuneIn, Breaker, and now available on iHeartRadio, Radio.com, and also on Audible for Amazon Prime subscribers. As always, select episodes available on YouTube and, of course, at www.mrbenfica.com. Please like, share, and rate the show on your preferred platform. Enjoy the show. What's up, Benfica Nation? Welcome to another episode of Mr. Benfica. I am your host, the Mr. Mike Agustinu, here with you again, as always. And today it is episode 129. We're talking women's football once again because today is one of the big days in the history of our club in the women's football department. That's right, it is match day two in the UEFA Women's Champions League. Before we get to that, we're going to... Go back, and we're going to talk about this past weekend's matchup in the Liga BPI. If you could travel to Madeira to take on Maritimo, we'll talk about that in just a minute. This episode will have a slightly different format than you might be used to. So I'm recording now uh, before the matchup with Leon in the UEFA Women's Champions League that's taking place in about 90 minutes. Kickoff's in about 90 minutes. Uh, Benfica, of course, on the road in France today to take on one of, if not historically, the best women's football team of all time. Um, At least the best club of all time. Before we get there, we're going to review the the matchup from the past weekend, like I said. So this portion of the episode is recorded before the match, and then... I'm going to watch the match, and then after the match, I'll be back with a post-game-styled segment. So that's how this episode is going to work. And before the end, I am going to wrap up the election talk. Uh, As you know, last Saturday, Benfica held their election to another record turnout. Well done, Benficistas. Congratulations. We we set quite the example uh, by, by having this record turnout. And I'm going to give my thoughts on on the turnout, on the result, on 
uh, everything in between, really, and, uh, and what I'm looking for in this next four-year term for the new president, Rui Costa. So without further ado, congratulations to the president, Rui Costa. He was elected fair and square. There is no discussion, no doubts now. Um, it was full transparency, 84 point. Uh, 84.5% or, or something like that, or 84. It, it was more than, it was between 84 and 85% of the vote coming down in favor of the former Benfica number 10 and the legendary player who's now the president. So um, if you want to know more about my thoughts, in case um, there's something I don't get to later, do check out. Um, do check out my appearance on the show Benfica After 90. I'm going to post the link in the show notes, okay? I joined Mario from Benfica After 90 on his show last Saturday night as the votes were being counted. We we went live expecting there to possibly be an announcement. There was no announcement. The announcement came much, much later in the night, but um, we already knew, and it was already quite obvious that Rui Costa was going to win the election and become the 34th president of Benfica. So if you if you think I left something out later when I talk about uh, the election, it won't be as long form. Check out that episode. Like I said, the, the link to the episode on YouTube will be in the show notes um, to the episode that you're listening to right now. But first, without further ado, we're going to get into the Liga BPI fourth match day round four where we are in uh we are in sant antonio de funchal in madeira the sant antonio section of funchal we're at the complex sportive de football andorinha where maritimus women's team calls home we're on a synthetic pitch unfortunately and it was going to claim another casualty um in this match unfortunate that that synthetic pitch is is so widely used to be honest anywhere it's i understand in places where it is absolutely freezing cold and you don't get enough of a growing season to grow grass i understand it in in some of those situations in madeira i don't i don't um agree <laughs> i mean it's not safe first of all we still there's still a lot of research being done into the effects on you know potential cancer causing effects even of exposing yourself or playing too much on that surface of of the carcinogens coming from the rubber pellets especially i believe is where the real danger lies plus it's just it is it is tough on the human body um and it's just unfortunate that a a first division has a pitch of that material in 2021. Um, I know the technology keeps getting better and better, but it it's really unfortunate because Nicole, her season is over thanks to that pitch. If that had been on grass, there is no a doubt in my mind, and there shouldn't be a doubt in anyone's mind that, that has played on the two surfaces. You know that feeling when your foot gets stuck on the artificial surface it's like getting stuck on a rug it, your foot just does not move whereas if that happens on grass you your your the cleats and your boots will will cut a divot into the ground and your foot will move it will not be stuck at least not so easily um so there is always added danger when you play on that surface but Benfica come in to this matchup uh fresh off a 5-0 win over Amora, okay, and uh, they come in, and you can see Philippe Paton uh, rotating some of the squad again, giving some opportunities to some of the players that have been less 
utilized. And this one, um, specific, well, Anasaisa gets some more time at central defense with Kerel Koshla. And you also get to see Christy Uchibi get, uh, start in this one as you do Lara Pintasilu, who had yet to start uh, this season. And she, you can see she's been working as a left back, even though she's a natural attacker, a natural forward. It looks like she is the next project <laughs> to be converted into a wing back. But Befica very, very successful at taking athletic attackers with the right characteristics, with the right skill set, and converting them into very good wing backs, as we see with both of our starting wing backs, uh, with Katarina Madu and Lucia Alves, who, as we now know, have both been called in to the Portuguese national team for the next international window. So Benfica obviously doing something right in that category, and it looks like Lara Pintasilu is the newest project in terms of an adaptation into a wide defensive role. Um, let's go through the lineups first, okay? And coming into this match, um, Benfica second place, as you know, and Maritimo struggling a bit, but they're always a team that's just so tough for us to play, especially in Madeira, especially on the island, especially on this synthetic artificial surface. We always have our difficulties with them, uh, regardless of where they are in the table. But here is their lineup. Their goalkeeper is Barbara Santos. Okay. And... Yeah, they don't have as uh, play. These lineups come to you from PlaymakerStats.com. Unfortunately, they don't have the lineup as as we're used to seeing it on the pitch. So you can see what the positioning of the players are. Um, so I'm I'm just gonna read off the eleven that started for Meritimu. Okay, uh, like we said, Barbara was the goalkeeper. Then you have Paulo Fernandes, Miraleni Zaragoza, the Puerto Rico uh, def international defender, Juana Silva, Luisa Brito, who wore the name Beatriz on her back, uh, Lara, Ca Lara Costa, Pamela Dutra, a Brazilian player there in the middle of the park, plus Karina Socaras, uh, another Puerto Rican player, Tanya Mateus, Nadia Freitas, and of course, Portugal international, well-known striker, um, I've been wondering why she is not a transfer target of ours. Maybe she is, and she just hasn't um, made the move. I'm one. I'm thinking she must be a student, and it probably is not the time for her to leave the island. That's the only explanation I have as to why Telma Incarnação is still on Maritimo, but she is the striker at not wearing the number 10, uh, young Portugal international. Very, very good forward, and she'll have another big match in this one for Benfica. Um, Felipe Patel sends out uh, our usual 4-4-2 diamond uh, Lele is the goalkeeper she's back in Katrina Madu the right back the center backs Anita Saisa and Carol Costa the left back in this one is like we said Lara Pintasilu uh, she gets the start as Lucy Alves is given a rest or at least the idea was to give her a rest ahead of the Lyon match in midfield uh, Beatriz Cameron gets the start in the number 6 behind uh, behind Christy Uchebe, and then you have Andrea Fria, and you have, uh, sorry, behind Kika. Kika's the attacking midfielder in this one. And you have Andrea on one side and Christy on the other. And then in the attack, it is Nicole Raisla and Valeria Cantuario, the Brazilian connection. Um, as those that was the choice that the manager went with in this matchup uh rest choosing to rest lucia 
Um, Chloe Lacasse not even on the bench for this one. Uh, she was given a rest. Uh, Pauleta on the bench. She did not get the start. She was also given some rest in this one. But we would see we would see her later. So the match starts out, and in the fourth minute, it's a very good opportunity here for uh, for Benfica here. Katarina Amadu with a great cross from the right. She sends it in. Valeria stretches out as far as she can. But unfortunately, Valeria gets too far under the ball as she goes to head it, and she heads it up over the bar. And she lands awkwardly on the artificial surface in Madeira. And that would be the first time the surface would come into into play. In the eighth minute, Nicole was whistled for an offside. Maritimus goalkeeper Barbara Santush puts the ball down, takes the free kick. And now I have to say and give a shout-out here to Sergio and to... Rita at Benfica Independent who do the Hishkalch for the for the women's team as the you know they gave me a shout out on their show but uh, they made a good point in their show when they reviewed this match that the the pitch here in Madeira is a bit shorter than than what we're used to and Maritimo took full advantage of this as Bavara Santos played a long diagonal high over the top Benfica's defense is a little bit asleep here. And they let the ball ba- bounce. It's the cardinal rule when you're playing in the back and a ball is, is coming. You want to win it in the air. You do not want to let the ball bounce. Uh, Anasaisa either loses. She could have lost it in the sun. I'm not sure. She loses track of it one way or another. It goes over her head and bounces and goes right perfectly onto the run of Telma Incarnação, who smashes a left-footed half volley, surprising Lele, who is out of position, to be honest, she had come out, and I don't think anybody was ready for this long ball. So this is a a nice. Uh, this was a nice little tactic that was put into the game plan by Maritimo and by their manager, their manager uh, Luis Gabriel. Um, perhaps he's seen something on film of Benfica. Perhaps this is something he knows they can do. Of course, playing at home on the artificial surface, you're much more familiar with the bounces. You're much more familiar um, with how far your goalkeeper can kick it in terms of, not just in terms of distance, but in terms of the geography on the actual pitch within the four lines. So because uh, Telmin Karnason knew exactly where to run, Okay, she made her run right to the spot where Barbara Santos put the ball. It bounced, and she knew exactly how to judge the ball off of the turf and where it was going to come in off of the bounce. And then the the Portugal international, with her left foot, just smashes it into the goal. Again, uh, Lele's out of position on this one, and that's why she gets caught out. And the, the goal is really wide open. She tries to dive back towards the goal to get a hand on it. I think she might have even got a finger to it, but... Um, not enough to keep it out. 1-0 to the Madeira inside. In the Portugal international, Telma Encarnação scores her fourth of the season. And in the 18th, um, well, the season changed right there. And then I'm not to be over dramatic about it, but Nicole is a player who has very specific characteristics that really only she has. Um she is by far the best player in this league at hold-up play. She can she can get her positioning. She can post off, up, holding off defenders on her back and hold the ball. And so much of what's made Benfica successful, especially in these tough Champions League matches, is the 
the things she gives them, which is not always noticed, okay? We look, we tend to look so much in terms of goals and assists, and we look so much in statistics, but what Nicole really brings, especially in tough matches when Benfica are pinned and they are fighting to hold off um, to hold off pressure from the opponent and they're facing waves of it, having a striker like Nicole up front that you can hit the long ball to, that she's going to find it, she's going to hold it, and she's going to give you a chance to push forward to get out of your end to get up and support she can hold it until the support arrives allowing Befica to get some possession and allowing them to get some territory and start to work the ball around and give them some sort of hope offensively against some of these much stronger European sides but unfortunately she would be injured on this play it didn't look good um we now know um, it was announced, It was the club made an official announcement that she will be out for a minimum of nine months. It is a torn anterior cruciate ligament, or as we call it here in the United States, we refer to it as an ACL tear. Um, she will be, she'll be operated, if she hasn't already, very, very soon. Um, and unfortunately, that was it for her in the 18th minute, and that's it for her this season. Very, very hard blow to the hopes of Benfica, both in the league and in Europe, um, a very, very important piece of our attack. And Philippa's now got to figure out a way to either change the way we play or change something about the way we play to make up for that. Unless she has a player that she can slot into that position that can do those things, I'm not so sure about that. I don't think we have a player with those characteristics. You know who does? Uh, Maritimo has a player with those characteristics. I saw someone say it on, on Twitter, and I kind of shared it. I kind of shared the, the, the sentiment. I've been calling for it. Um, it's, maybe I got to see if they can find a way to sign Telmin Carnassau and, uh, plot her into that spot. It, it is, uh, crucial to the way we play, I think. And, uh, we, we need another dangerous striker um we've talked before about how the team can feel a little bit short in terms of depth and now we lose another real real important piece um i don't want to see and we and i doubt i i would bet anything we won't see chloe being asked to play with her back to goal like this that's not her game and i'm not convinced to this point yet that it's really valeria's game either so it's it, time will tell. I mean, looking at the bench, I mean, we don't really have a player that does that, and um, I'm not sure. Maybe maybe there's someone in the pipeline that can do it. Maybe there's a player we have out on loan somewhere that can come back in January and do that. I don't know, but it really is uh, really is a harsh harsh blow to Benfica's hopes this season. It is an absolutely terrible for. Uh, Terrible run of luck for Nicole Raisla, the Brazil international, um, who has been playing so well and just, you know, she she just been called back into her national team. And just like that, it's it is uh back to square one for her. She's gonna have a very hard, uh, difficult and certainly painful recovery ahead of her. So I do wish her all the best. It's gonna be a lot of hard work, it's gonna be grueling at times. Um, but Benfica have a great staff on hand. We saw the way the club was able to recuperate Andre Almeida from a very serious injury. Okay, um, so I I have trust in the medical staff and in the the training staff that they will re they will bring her 
back after this surgery and they will rebuild her and get her ready better than ever hopefully but um in the meantime we are left without a real strong post up uh center forward a target forward so lucia alves her uh, day off is over pretty much the 18th minute lucia is slotted in and Lara Pintasilu goes into the attack, into Nicole's spot. And to be honest, she's much more comfortable up there. So I just said we don't really have that post-up player. But Lara is a player with a lot of really good technical ability. She's very good on the ball. She's a good dribbler. Um, she She's a good passer because she would make a difference almost immediately as soon as she moved up there with with decent vision you know with they're playing with their head up she had the good vision and she saw her teammate open so let's go to that it's the 19th minute one minute later and with her first touch on the ball lucia Alves sends an in swinging cross and it finds a lot of pintasilu at the far post um maybe seven or eight yards from the from the goal just outside the the small goal area and uh she has a little trouble settling it, but she does get it settled. Picks her head up, sees Beatrice Camiron arriving, drops the ball for Beatrice, and Beatrice shoots first time from just outside the penalty area to the far post, and she beats Barbara's outstretched right arm, and it is 1-1. All is good. The Befica fans in attendance are cheering, and Befica well-supported in Madeira once again, and it is 1-1, like we said, the goal for Beatrice Camiron. Assisted by Lara Pintasilu, and you have to give a nod to Lucia Alves. And also, thank you to to uh, Francisco Neto for listening, because because Lucia Alves is in the Portugal national team for the next uh, the next international window. She certainly deserves it. Her play against Bayern Munich was second to none and again she comes into this match here and provides some stability and provides a spark off the bench early and Benfica are are level here in the 19th minute so Benfica then getting very comfortable starting to move the ball around well starting to to touch it starting to just run the overlaps the overloads that Benfica like to run on the width with the two outside backs, both Lucia and and Katarina, they they make their movements, you know. And Katarina able to cut in and cut out. She's become very good at whether if the defender gives her, or I should say, if the the you know the opposition forces her central, Katarina's very good at bringing the ball central. She she's dribbling well with both feet now. And she's not afraid to come central with it into the center channel and then find someone making that diagonal run across or playing it square to one of the midfielders. And Lucia also very good at doing the same thing on the other side. And if the the opposition try to force her wide, she'll just beat them on speed down the width or or she'll combine, one, uh, you know, give and go with the outside midfielder. And this team really understands their processes. They're very well trained. They're very well um, smartened up to the movements, the processes, the philosophy of the manager and of the team and what they're trying to do with the ball. Everything is purposeful the way Benfica play. And the only thing hurting them here, again, like it has been kind of the case in the Liga BPI this season with all the shuffling of the lineups, is the efficiency in front of goal. Um, we we have lacked some efficiency. That is in part why the Spartan game got out of hand and why we didn't get right back into it was because we squandered some of the chances we did have had we made them. It would have been a different story. And again, this came into play um, 
when we played Odiense and had a a one goal victory just like this one. So Benfica need to tighten up a little bit, but again, um, tightening up at the back, some of that is due to the rotation of players, and you know you got an injury to Sylvia. You've had you've had a rotation of the central defenders and of the the wide wing backs, so. It's all of that kind of plays into it, and this is something you won't see in the championship phase when we get there. You'll see a much, I think you're going to see a much more consistent starting 11. Now we go into halftime, it's 1 1, and this was really early on Saturday morning. It was 6 a.m. here, uh, my time, so that means it was an 11 a.m. I'm sorry, that was a 10 a.m. start in Madeira, 11 a.m. in Lisbon. And, of course, this is going on the backdrop of Benfica's election. And I recorded the match <laughs> um, when it re-aired, which was later in the day. And it was it was actually evening in Portugal when it re-aired. So it was getting cut in and out of by BTV throughout the match uh, to cut back to the Stade de Luge, to the Pavilion, to the, the election going on. And, and they were talking to voters and they were... You know, getting comments while this game was going on, and what happens is the the Maritimo goal, the second goal for Maritimo, ends up being missed. <laughs> I mean, the camera it was in picture in picture, so it, you could see it on the screen, but the audio was at the stadium. It was an interview with a, a random fan who was talking about how well the voting went and how quickly he got in and out and how well organized everything was. But it was off a long throw in here in the second half, and. It was it was thrown in and it ends up being it actually ends up being headed out for a corner kick which was taken by Nadia Freitas, the captain. And this is something that really can't happen and again, um a little bit of a lack of concentration on the part of Mefica. A little bit of a lack of uh maybe a lack of awareness. I don't know if there was a lack of of talking, not sure exactly what happened, but Telmin Kudnaso ends up alone at the back post. She's not very tall, but she ends up heading the ball without really jumping. The ball comes right to her head, and she does strike it well with her head, but she does not have to jump very high. And she's able to loop it up and over into the far post, beating Lele. And just like that, Maritimo are ahead again, and it's just a pesky little, uh, just a pesky little annoyance going on here where. Benfica are, you know, are the better team, and they seem to be in control. And then there's a lapse, and then something, someone kind of falls asleep. It could be the early kickoff, to be honest. I don't know how used they are to playing at 10 in the morning. Um, it could The early kickoff could have had something to do with this with this uh, lack of focus, if you will. Uh, almost like a dis- they were almost like distracted. You know, they're not used to getting up at whatever time they got up for this match and eating, you know, the hours before the match that they had to eat and just digesting and getting yourself ready to go for an early morning match. And maybe that was what kind of evened or balanced out the playing field here for the home side. As Maritim uh, will get ahead again. Again, it's Telmin Karnason, fifth goal. She leads the Seti Sul now in the Liga BPI first stage. And that goal came in the 49th. Mefica, though, they would make some substitutions here, and I should have mentioned that at halftime. Um, we see Andrea Fria come off and Christy Uchibi come off 
uh, the 45th plus seven. That was at the halftime. And on came on came Maria Negrão and Pauleta. So two two mids for two mids. Beatrice fell more into a more into one of the outside roles alongside Maria Negrão, while Pauleta went into her position there, right in front of the back four. And Pauleta again. I've said it before. I got to say it again. Let's get her Portuguese citizenship and get her on the national team. Um, she definitely is, would be an asset to us, and she speaks perfect Portuguese, so she'll fit right in. And you know what? She's Galician. She's practically Portuguese anyway. Th- those are our, our. That's like our family. You know, Galicians and Portuguese. We're we're the same people essentially. We're just separated by an artificial border and a slightly different language. Very very small difference in language and then in the 65th minute it's Kika taken down by Marinez Zaragoza um, looked clearly two steps on <laughs> she looked to be clearly two steps outside the penalty area when she was taken down but the but the referee Felipe Cunha makes a mistake here and points to the spot again no VAR in this competition no VAR in the Liga BPI so uh, Kika steps up and takes the penalty kick she earned, and Barbara Santos dives one way. The ball goes the other. Two-two. The teenager picks up her third goal in the B- in the Liga BPI and runs the ball back to midfield. And Benfica now know they have to go ahead and they have to get this result. And finally, the the go ahead will come in the seventy seventh minute. Before that. Um, no, we would not have any substitutions before that. So in the 77th minute, it's Kika again. Uh, she's checking back to the ball. She receives it in midfield, turns, and begins to run at Maritimu. She beats three Maritimu players there and then threads you know, with her head up. I've said this before, and other people are noticing this too, that she plays very well with her head up. She Her vision is very, very good for her age. It, it is way beyond... Her years, the the intelligence she has and the awareness she has on the pitch of where she is and where her teammates are. And she spots Maria Negron's run. The substitute gets on the end of it. It's a beautiful ball played into space, just cuts through the defense, leaves them completely flat-footed and turning. And by the time they turn, Maria Negron is running onto it. And the 17-year-old substitute smashes it home with her left foot, top corner to the near post. And Befica, go ahead. That, my friends, would be the winner. And what a play from Kika Nazare. Unbelievable the things that that girl can do with the ball at her feet. And they would, Befica would see out the result. They'd get a couple substitutes in in the 81st. Matil Fidalgo would come in. And so would Daniela Santos. And they would replace, uh, they'd replace Valeria and, um, they would place Kika, and that would be it. Like we said, Benfica win this one 3-2. to two. They take home three points, staying in second place. The, and all they got to do is come in the top four. Let's keep that in mind. I know that uh, we don't shoot for that, but um, this is a process, and I personally trust the process of the manager here and what she is trying to do. Okay, before we take a break, it is worth noting Francisco Neto has named his squad for the upcoming Women's World Cup qualifying matches for Portugal. Um, these are versus Serbia and Bulgaria, and his list does include Benfica's following players, Silvia Rebelu, Carol Costa, Andrea Faria, Kika, 
Katarina Amado and Lucia Alves. That's right, Lucia Alves, finally long-awaited, much-deserved call into the national team. I hope she does get a few minutes of playing time. I know she is going to be competing with Joanna Mershon for that place on the left side of the defense, but I hope she does get some minutes in that. All right, we're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we're going to talk Champions League. So, um... Stay right there, okay? Here's a little music break for you. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Benfica Mister and on Instagram at Mr. Benfica, all right? And check out the homepage, www.mrbenfica.com, and we'll be right back with uh, a look at the Champions League action. Match day two, Benfica at Lyon. And welcome back to episode 129 of Mr. Benfica. And uh, the match has concluded. Um, Benfica fall tonight 5-0 on the road at Leon, who are honestly one of the best women's teams on the planet. And certainly this was a match where Benfica will have a lot to take from, to, to learn from. But also, I think they're leaving the pitch or um, they're leaving France tonight with their heads held pretty high uh, judging by some of the social media reaction from the players uh, I didn't get a chance to hear any of the post game comments from from Philippe Patel or from Andre Val who usually handles the press assignments in uh, in these UEFA matches but I, I get a sense that they're not um, too beat up mentally over this this is a tough tough uh it's a tough result. This, this this is one of those matches that could have very easily gone the way the match with Bayern Munich went last time. However, it, once that first one goes in, okay, it's so much harder to hang on, as you could see today. And mistakes just absolutely came back to haunt this team tonight. But you can't learn these lessons without living them. Without going through it, okay. Uh, the level of competition in the Liga BPI is not good enough to to learn these lessons. It's just the the bad habits we don't even realize we have got exploited tonight. 
really, the thing that stuck out to me, um, and what I liked about the the YouTube the broadcast that DAZN put together on YouTube, like all the women's Champions League matches will be this season on YouTube through DAZN, um, with very good English commentary, very knowledgeable. They they knew the players, they knew the Benfica players, they knew the recent results, all of those things. The commentator talked about Nicole's cruciate ligament injury and all of those things, which, of course, unfortunately, uh, we really missed her tonight, I really think, because I think we lost that target in the front that we could knock the ball to and that she could receive it, hold it, and let us out of our end. Um, the The big difference to me was just the different speed and the different pace and quickness, not even pace, uh, the quickness, the side to side, the, just the 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 rhythm and the the tempo at which the ball moves when Leon want to turn it on, especially early on, Benfica players taking way too much time on the ball, um, not aware that 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 you know they're being that they're being pursued from behind, and we saw you know we saw Buchanan and we saw uh, Macario and we saw the different Leon players just coming in from behind and taking the ball right off of some of the, especially some of the younger players feet. The Beatrice came in on one, a couple times, lost the ball right off of her foot, her foot. Uh, Andrea Fria lost it off her foot a few times. We really struggled, especially early to get our ball movement up to where it needed to be to play at this level. And of course at this level, mistakes get punished dearly. Remember that against Bayern Munich, we played an almost mistake-free match, just like the two against Twente. We played almost mistake-free, but tonight, that wasn't the case. Tonight, we made some costly errors that ended up with the ball going in the back of our net, and um, yeah, we'll get to them as we go through the match, but let's uh, start with the lineups, okay? We are at... Uh, we are at the Stade Municipal de Gerland in Lyon, France. Uh, the normal, st- I like this. I want to start with this because we played in Lyon's stadium, not on the training pitch, not on the the youth f- pitch. We played in the main stadium. This is a great example to follow. This is the best team, historically speaking, in Europe. This is the example to follow. Maybe it's not possible to always for them to always play in the stadium either. I don't know. I'm not aware. But especially on a week like this, the men are on an international break. There are no matches. There's no reason the main stadiums shouldn't be used. Juventus versus Chelsea yesterday played in the main stadium. Okay, Benfica, take notes. These Champions League matches, when possible, whenever possible, should be in the Stadio de Luz. So I really want to give give credit to Leon for putting this match in the the Star Gerland. Now, uh, on the uh, on the advertisements on all the branding uh, for the match, it did say it was at the Gropama uh, Academy, but it was not. Which was so maybe they made this decision late, but that's a good decision. Um, I know there were not a lot of fans there. Only 4,000 there tonight. Um, really disappointed with the Benfica fans. I mean, you could see them when the teams walked out. The, the cameras found them. They were there. We didn't hear them, though, all match. The the girls really could have used the support of the Benfica fans like they had in the Netherlands. A little disappointed with, with my Leon 
Portuguese homies because it just it, where were y'all tonight? It did there was it was not audible at least maybe they weren't um, sitting together maybe there weren't enough of them together I don't know but uh, really this this was a match that could have been different perhaps with a different atmosphere I think there were there were moments in the match where the girls needed to be picked up. Um, for as unfortunate as it ended up being and for as many mistakes as there were, there were a few cases of bad luck and maybe, you know, a few times where, um, well, their inexperience showed, actually. that That's really what it was. Their inexperience showed. So when things went bad, they got worse. They got, you know, multiplied because, because you know, the the lack of experience at this level really showed. The commentator did say that when you compared the difference in in experience to the two sides, that only only Carol Costa has double digit appearances in the UEFA Champions League. That's because she's played there. She played with with Sporting um, in the Champions League some years ago, and possibly with somebody else uh, at at another time as well. Um, and she she's thirty years old, so she's been playing for a decade at least, and that's why she she's amounted to you know double digit appearances. But of all those double digit appearances, you know, um, now this is eight, that's eight of them have been with Benfica. So that that explain that shows you just so that means she played one round with Sporting in a home and away at some point in the past. Um, and she has played in every every uh, Benfica Champions League match. So, um, you know, you can see the difference. Whereas on the other side, the I might be misspeaking, but I'm pretty sure the commentator said that the Lyon players added up to a total of 480 European UEFA Champions Women's Champions League appearances between the entire roster. That is a lot of that is a lot of appearances but this team has won this title nine times so you know, that's how they got there okay here is their lineup okay courtesy of sofa score and uh olympic leon's first 11 average age of 25 playing in a 4-3-3 the goalkeeper is christian endler the back for ellie carpenter the australian is the right back with uh Amadine Henri, Kadisha Buchanan, and uh, Perle Moroni across the back. Um, Amadine Henri and Kadisha Buchanan, of course, the center backs. And Perle Moroni is the left back, the three in midfield, anchored by Damaris Winke. And to her left is the Brazilian born U.S. international world champion, Katarina Macario. Katarina, born in Brazil, and I'm going to make uh, a confession here that I am disappointed she does not play for Brazil. Um, not anything against the U.S., but I thought I think that if she she's one of the best, and she uh, is 22 years old, she's got a lot of football ahead of her, but she could have been the heir apparent to Marta in terms of stardom, in terms of being the Brazilian superstar. Instead, she's just another player on the United States, just another name of many. And uh, I think it's disappointing for the women's game globally um, that she's not representing the Canarinha because I think that she could really make a bigger impact playing for the country she was born in versus the one she, she moved to. But 
that's not my decision to make, obviously. And to uh, Winky's right is Danielle Van Van de Donk, um, the former Arsenal, uh, the former Arsenal midfielder. In the attack, three um, attacking. It's a trio attack, and there is a lot of pace in these three. Uh, the center forward, the striker, is Melvin Mallard, and she was quite uh, sensational in this match. We will definitely talk about her on the third goal. To her right, Delphine Cascarino, and to her left, Selma Pacha. And for Benfica, okay, uh, injury to Nicole, as we said, we had to see how uh, how Filippa and how Andrea, Andrea Val would, would change the lineup. They, they do a lot of the coaching together, from what I understand. And what the situation is that I believe Filippa does not have the necessary UEFA badges yet, coaching badges, to be on paper the manager. So Andrea Val does. So he is the on paper manager. And that is why he, he does a lot of the media appearances, why he does a lot of the commentary pre and post game, at least. Um, the official, you know, press conferences. But. Felipe is definitely the manager of this team. They do work together. He is like a mentor, but she is definitely the manager of this team. But here is the 11 they put out. Um, the Sofa score has them playing a 4-2-3-1. I don't think if that's what they were trying to do, I don't think they were successful at that. What I saw was more of a 4-4-1-1, really. Um, Kika tried to get up next to Chloe when she could. Um but here it's showing it as a 4-2-3-1. Again, the good thing about the way this match was produced, and it's not always the best uh, viewing experience on television, but for someone you know like me that likes to watch the game, uh, the way that I like to see it, it was great because it was almost like a tactical cam for the whole time because the camera was up so high. That's why I was saying it, it very many times, Befica were in a 4-4-1-1. They weren't really, and it wasn't really the diamond that they're used to playing. So... Um, I think they got pulled out of position a bit by the quick ball movement of the French side. But Lele is the goalkeeper. Katrina Madu is back at right back. Anita Saisa and Karol Costa as the center backs. Uh, Lucia Alves is the left back. And then here it's showing a double pivot in midfield of Beatrice Cameron and Pauleta, the always steady, always reliable Pauleta. However, uh, Pauleta also making a crucial mistake in this one. Um, in front of, of them, you have a three-woman three uh, attacking midfield trio. Um, not really how it played out, like I said, because we were pushed back so much. But it is Kika Central, An Andrea Faria to her right, Ana Vitoria to her left, and Chloe playing as a lone striker. That part was what it was. And unfortunately, I think with when Chloe plays Central, we don't get the same dangerous runs we get from her down this center, the you know right center and left center channel that she is usually more free to make to get more into open spaces when she has a target striker like Nicole playing with her. But again, this is an adjustment that the team's going to have to make because Nicole is not going to be there again this season so they have to make an adjustment i said in the last section i think we if at all possible got to go out in the january window and get Encarnacion. i mean you may have to spend some money because it's time to spend some money you're the new president um show your commitment to this project okay and 
I think that's the player that makes all the sense in the world to go get. Now, again, uh, I thought to myself as this ma- as this uh, match was was being played, I thought to myself that Befica really had to get through the first ten minutes because maybe even twenty minutes. We talk about actually, I've talked about the twenty minute mark before. The twenty minutes against FC Twente and also against. Bayern Munich, to to some extent, is where the initial adrenaline rush for our opponents, where they come out really fired up and looking for a goal, starts to wear off. They start to go from that high anaerobic state, okay, into a more aerobic state. And if that makes sense, you know, scientifically to you, basically their heart rate comes back down into their more pace setting, you know, rate. And um, not really a resting rate, but, but the pay, you know, a, a a jogging pace. Basically, they've run off all the adrenaline. Now they're setting into a a rhythm, and then it's easier to play. When Leon pressured Benfica, Benfica had all kinds of trouble playing out of it. And I think there was honestly some naivety in the way that Benfica approached this match. Still playing short passes, trying to pass out of the back at times where I thought they would have been better served to just knock it long. Now, I've said this, and it really gets exposed in these European matches, but our central defenders specifically are not the best at playing the ball out of the back. Okay, They're they're good defensively, but when they're building up the play, it's it, they don't... Oh, you know, there there isn't a good enough percentage of passes made from them too in these types of matches against this type of competition in the Liga BPI. Uh, it's not as evident, and and also in the Liga BPI, it's usually kind of softened over by the fact that Leticia Lele can get up further, and she can get she will we'll see her get actually in between the two center backs, and she'll make that pass. Okay. Um, so there's a real structural problem at this level in that those two if you want to play out of the back and if you want to combine passes and work the ball up the pitch there's a little bit of a a disconnect or a, not a disconnect but there's a little bit of a structural issue there with with whatever combination of central defenders we we put out there because that's just not their strength and I'm not trying to to put down these players they they give everything for this club okay and they make up for it in other ways but I think we're better served in matches like this especially early when we're under pressure in trying to come up with a plan where we knock it diagonal okay and again, without the target forward, it's hard to do that because you don't have the target forward to flick it into space for the Chloe's and the Kikas and, and the players like that to run onto. But I really thought we needed to be a little bit simpler. And looking back, you know, the first goal, it's, it's after some four or five corner kicks, but it comes in the 29th minute so we get almost to the half hour mark and at times we're starting to play we get a couple chances i shouldn't say that that it's not like we were just pinned back the whole time chloe had one chance where she broke in there was some nice passing down the left okay lucia again big game from her i thought she played very well again she she was also a little bit um slow a little behind the pace in the first 10 minutes or so but she adjusted she simplified her game she played quicker and it really wasn't an issue with her again. 
but we had some good some good build up play down the left okay uh some good passing kika found her way out left she found some space okay kika and ana vitoria combined a couple times and the ball gets played into space it gets in behind and 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 chloe is in behind their back line and she's running at goal she gets the chance to get a shot on but it's saved by the goalkeeper saved by by endler and that was a golden chance for Benfica, and who knows? Maybe that's maybe that would have been something if that it had snuck through somehow. This could have been a completely different match because the psychological battle of these matches is going to be very difficult for Benfica because they, although this year more so than than, than in the past, they don't normally fall behind. This year we have fallen behind tw- uh, now. Three times, if you count tonight, fall. We fell behind against Oriens. We fell behind uh, again twice against Maritimo. Obviously, we fell behind uh, in both matches against Sporting. Okay, and the reactions against the stronger teams have not been what we needed to be. Um, against Oriens and against Maritimo, the team, even though they fell behind, was confident they would get it back. They know. They have much more quality than their opponents in those cases. But in this one, you know, it's off a corner kick coming from the right. And I'd have to look at it again. I mean, I don't know that Lele was boxed in. But the way she came in and attacked that ball was was a rare miss miss uh, calculation by her. Real poor decision by her to decide to come out and try to punch it with one arm. I mean, and the, that arm was not very strong. And she punched it right off of the back of Katarina uh, Madu, which then let it fall right for Kadisha Buchanan, the big, tall center back who <laughs> who was right there, and then she managed to push it in. But again, I, I, I don't like to see. It looked like a weak effort. I mean, I don't know if she misjudged it. I don't know if she mistimed it. I don't, again, don't know if she was screened, if there was some type of box uh, boxing in being done by Leon um, because it was a an in-swinging corner to the near post. But, again, the way she kind of weakly just got her, her weak, I'm assuming her weaker arm, uh, just out to it, and it literally did not go, you know, when you when, when a goalkeeper comes out, they should be coming out with both fists. That's that's the ideal way to come out and get a solid, if you're going to punch, that is. It should be a double fist, and it should be out, up, and away, okay? This was none of those things. This was one, I think it was one semi-closed fist, and the ball kind of just went off of the back of, of Katrina Amado and fell right to the feet of Kadisha Buchanan, and Buchanan scores. Leon take the lead. And a little bit deflating because Benfica was just starting to get a little bit better in the match, starting to combine a little bit more, starting to get out of their end a bit. And you could see the heads drop just a little bit. Again, this team has been down this season. Um, I don't know that it's a lack of confidence necessarily. Again, this is an oppor- This is an opponent that is well above what we're used to. Okay, this again, this is one of the best teams in the world and I was really impressed with just how quick they play and they just they looked like they looked like super women out there today um the way they just all their movements were were smooth and and everything was crisp and every pass was was right on point you know the, they would 
flick when they needed to. They would uh, toe poke when they needed to. They put it into space. Just the, it was like a machine moving correctly. All of the parts in synchronization moving in their own, you know, in their own correct direction. And I don't think Befico was so worried about this, but uh, I don't think it was so worried about going down one nil. But the problem was, two minutes later. If he could lose the ball again, playing out of the back, I think it was a goal kick. The ball comes to Pauleta. It's taken off her. F- she makes a she makes a mistake here. And actually, let me look and see if I have the video so I can watch it. Um, but it, it was it was just a very difficult. Um, and SofaScore does not have the video, um, but of that goal precisely but i can probably get it from youtube but it was just something where i it was a mistake that could not happen from a player you rarely makes mistakes and i think paulita wears that captain's armband very well because she's so steady so in these big matches she's just so consistent but if i'm remembering correctly that that was her mistake here uh let me see I'm, i'm pulling up my youtube right now yeah, so I just watched that. I just paused it and watched the the first two goals again. So I want to go back, actually, to the first goal. And I, I saw what happened now Now that I had another look. And no, Leticia was not boxed out. What's interesting, she was... And I heard a conversation about this on The Athletic this, this morning. Actually, I was listening to The Athletic's football podcast. And uh, what used to be called the Zonal Marking Podcast. Now they've rebranded it something else. But anyway, they were talking about analytics and data and they were talking about how no teams don't put defenders guarding the post anymore on set pieces on corner kicks precisely um and it said that the data has shown that teams surrender more goals when they have players on the post than all of the times that those extra two players being you know in the box defending um you know they they have a higher percentage of not allowing goals when those two players are in the box defending versus on the goal line guarding the post so what actually happened on that first goal was Katarina was was marking the post she was marking the near post this is the way Benfica defends corners okay and they I'm sure have their reasons for it it's just ironic that this is something I was listening to today and I never thought of because I'm one of those 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 uh, you know a former coach and I'm one of those fans that I, I like to have my my posts covered too because you remember all the times you get beat with a flick to the near or the far post and you don't remember and this is what they said you don't remember all the times that your defenders win win the ball. And the other team doesn't even get a shot on goal because those two defenders are now defending versus standing on the goal line. Uh, in this case, what happened was the way that Katarina stepped out when the when the inswinger was delivered, and then she jumped. She was she was actually what was keeping Leticia from from attacking that ball properly. So. Leticia couldn't come forward and she couldn't probably even see it because Katarina jumped in front of her and I think she may have seen it late but regardless she couldn't uh, if Katarina is not there and she's six yards in front marking a player uh, Lele has complete 
un, you know, unobstructed path right to the goal. She probably comes right out and catches it. So that's an interesting thing. I'm sure Filippa and Andrea and the rest of the staff are going to look at this on video and, and notice that as well. Uh, that was the first goal. So on the second one, it wasn't a goal kick. What it was was the previous it was another corner. We gave up another corner almost immediately after surrendering the goal. And this one came in, and it was it was headed back towards goal by the Lyon player. And Benfica this time had pulled up off of the goal line and put the striker offside. So the referee whistled for offside, and Leticia put it down and played it to Pauleta. Pauleta facing her own goal. This was identical to Julian Weigel versus... Uh, versus was it Portimones? No, it wasn't Portimones. It was uh, it was another black and white team where where uh, the the player on the other team completely just buried a top corner with a perfect touch. After Julian went to take it off the outside of his right foot, he went to turn outward, and uh, he he basically turned right into a defender. And now I'm really one. What team was it? Was Boavista? That's who it was against Boavista. And uh, and it was poked away, and then it was shot. Almost the same thing, except on this one, uh, Paulita turns, but she, you know she thinks she has time. I don't know if anyone's telling her she has time. This one for me is as much on Leticia as it is on Paulita, and I'm rolling it again because I'm watching it one more time so I can communicate to you exactly. Uh, where everybody was here. Um, I've rolled it back. So Leticia's putting the ball down. The referee's whistled offside. Nobody's facing Leticia either. Everybody's going up the field. So again, this need to play short. You had just surrendered a goal. And yes, she she played it to Paulita. And it was, it was the goal scorer who actually steals it. It was the goal scorer. It was Danielle Vandedonk. Who read it from a mile away and just she sprinted at Paulita. Paulita facing her own goal. It doesn't look like she knew any type of pressure was coming. Receives it on the outside of her right foot. Turns right and Vandedonk is there before she even completes the spin and takes the ball right off her foot and touches it to Melvin Millard. Millard plays it right back to Vandedonk and Vandedonk plays it into the goal. It was a pretty goal, but it literally was the same error that we saw Ulian Weigel commit against Boavista just a few weeks ago. Um, and this was the worst possible thing that could happen at the worst possible time. Okay, uh, And this is where I'm a little critical of... Well, it's not critical. They have to learn these things. They don't know these things if they don't play. So I, I'm not... Uh, this is a constructive criticism. It was a little bit of naivety, okay? Um, both in... in Lele telegraphing that pass, okay, every, you know, the problem was Benfica's team is all going upfield, okay? If the team is got their back to the ball and they're going upfield like this is going to be treated like a goal kick, a long goal kick, but the goalkeeper's playing short, there's a misconnect there, okay? There is definitely a, they're not on the same wavelength. And the entire Leon team is facing Lele. They know before Benfica do that the ball is played in. That This is the problem. Um, even though Paulita is checking to the ball and she's doing the right thing, um, she's the only Benfica player facing it. And 
So her teammates aren't even able to warn her that somebody's coming. It doesn't look like it, at least. And again, Leon read it like a book. They were everybody was was one step ahead. And I think a little bit of naivety from from Lele. Sorry, a little bit of naivety from Pauletta too. She 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 was, she was checking to the ball, but it was at half speed. It was not a full speed check. And she was not checking as if somebody was on her back, obviously. Uh, so uh, both of them can share the blame on this one. But I, I'm going to put a little more blame on Lele because as the goalkeeper, as the person passing the ball, you're setting your teammate up. What, what I call, and a lot of coaches here in the United States call a hospital ball, where you're literally sending your teammate to the hospital. You're putting the ball there and letting them get killed. Um Again, Van de Donk just just looked at it, read it, and was at the spot. As soon as Paulita turned, she was already there, ready to take the ball. And it's 2-0, okay? She, Lele has to realize that the rest of the team is not looking. What what could Paulita have done even if she hadn't have lost it there? Okay, Even if she had completed the turn, nobody's looking at her to receive that next ball. The best she she may have been able to pass it back to the keeper, but again, why do that in two touches when you're losing minutes after you've lost, you've 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 surrendered? Your team's heads are down. You can see it in their body language. Um, their heads are down. They're not concentrated. You know they're still thinking about the goal they just surrendered. You can see it in their body language. And before you know it, there's another one in the back of the net. And I said at this point. I sent out a tweet saying that these types of mistakes are these are the types of mistakes that you can't make at this level. This team is learning on the job. Okay, um, they have to be much quicker. Even that turn had to be much quicker if that's what she needed to do. Okay, it was still done far too slow and far too leisurely. It was done at a warm up pace almost because you can do that in the Liga BPI. Okay. There's nobody on Amora or nobody on on Oriens or, or on Torreens that are gonna close you down at that type of speed that that you know that Daniel Vandedonk closed this down. Um but he could stabilize a bit and I was happy to see them stabilize because I said at that moment I said this could get very, very ugly if they just drop their heads like you know, the Sporting match where it just kind of it seems like it almost takes all of the all of the inspiration out of them, okay? Um, and this is something this team has to work through. They're going to have to uh, work through this because uh, this team definitely does drop a level when they go down, okay? Even if it's for a short time. Here, even if it was for just two minutes that they were still thinking about that goal, it led to them surrendering another goal. And I think Lele was thinking about it more than anyone else and thus trying to get the ball back into play too quickly before her teammates were, were on the same page as her, and it ended up leading to another goal. So um, Benfica does manage to get to halftime without surrendering any more goals. They go in 2-0 uh, down, and you know, you're thinking, if you're the manager, at least if I'm the manager at this one, I'm telling my team, listen, this is 2 nothing. okay? We need to keep our mind strong okay we cannot we're making mistakes we need to clean up the mistakes you have to simplify your game yes i know there is a process and you want to trust the process you want to trust your processes and you want to trust your style of play and it's not in their nature to just start knocking long balls and it's not necessarily what you have to do 
but you have to be intelligent and you have to be aware of your surroundings and you have to realize that the struggle you're having playing out of tight spaces this team is very quick they are closing down your spaces unlike this is something Bayern could not do to them okay Bayern could not put this apply this kind of pressure um so uh, there needed to be i think some adjustments and maybe the manager could have tweaked the the, the formation a little bit she could have made us but what comes up and becomes abundantly clear in this match and again when we talk about this whoever follows this team has noticed that especially now with injuries and even more so now with another one this this bench is a little as we say curto a little short there there's a little lack of depth and really the manager didn't have too many options off the bench that could come in and change the game okay they, she had options that could come in maybe to to keep it the same but even then there there was a drop off from the 11 that that are you know starting to the next you know eight that are on seven or eight that are on the bench and um i don't know i don't know how many mo- really realistically what she could have done i think Benfica needed to to be more simple. They needed to, to to simplify. I also tweeted during the match, and some of you noticed that you cannot simulate this pace of play, this pace that, and speed that the game is played at at this level in training. It is just impossible. It, until you're in it, you don't realize it. Okay, it, it's the same thing like when you're a kid and you're playing in the 16s, and all of a sudden you go into the 18s. The game just moves that much faster you know now you're going from the second division into the first division first division into europe europe into a na- a high level national team world cup game. every level the game speeds up especially in tight spaces benfica were good when they were able to get it out of the tight spaces and into the open spaces kika when she had the ball in space it did good things with it today uh chloe when she got the ball in space did good things with it um, in the second half, she'd have a few more good efforts. What I notice about Chloe is she's her runs down the right are more, are more successful at uh, at you know getting in and getting behind. And she she got into the box several times by taking it down the right center, cutting it in onto her left foot. The problem is her left foot is less is her least less preferred foot. And her shot on goal was, you know, non 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 efficient. I mean, it was first of all, the goalkeeper was always well positioned, and there was not enough there was not enough strength on the shots to really trouble the goalkeeper. She did have in the first half before we move too far forward. She did in the first half have a very good uh, cross. She came down the left this time, and I like her running down the left, putting it on her right foot. Yes, you got to make those runs to both sides so it stays. Um, so that the defense stays honest and so that you're less predictable. But I think she's much more dangerous coming down the left onto her right foot. Her shots are more are more powerful and better placed than when they are with her left foot. Um, she made a great cross down the left. She cut back onto her right, crossed it over the defense because she had uh, Kika in the box and she had somebody else think Andrea coming into the box but she put it over their heads on purpose i am assuming because right it went right onto the run of late arriving katarina madu and this is this was a golden opportunity but katarina was missing just that little bit of extra 
confidence in herself because the ball came to her foot. But she, with her shot, she did not follow through. She she shot it, but her foot, as soon as it made contact, stopped going through. So in her her body was in a good position to keep it down, but she didn't follow all the way through. So she didn't get enough power on it, and the goalie was able to to calmly and safely dive slightly to her right and collect the ball without too much trouble. She, there was no chance of a rebound because she just didn't hit it hard enough. Benfica, these players still need a little bit of that killer instinct and that confidence because if she runs at that ball, and I think any coach would rather, she runs at that ball hard and she smacks it with the confidence that she's going to put it on goal and because she wants to score, okay? And a lot of times in front of goal in these matches, okay, when against a tough opponent when chances are few to come by, okay, Far and few to come by. And we talked about the efficiency against Maritimo, the efficiency against Amora, against Oriens, where these games were closer than they needed to be. Again, that efficiency was missing. And I think any coach would rather you, you hit that, you get power on that shot, you hit it as hard as you can, and you put it over than just essentially passing it to the goalkeeper in order to not miss. It looked like, especially in this one, but in other shots as well, that they're shooting to not miss versus shooting to score. So I think this is something that can be worked on the training pitch. They do have to build some strength. Again, some of the players are still growing into their bodies. They're young. Okay, the strength is a little bit behind where their counterparts are. It, it is That is what it what's still lacking for some of them. Um, you know, And again, the physical aspect of the game is a challenge for some of our players against teams like this. Uh, because, again, when you play even a, a derby against Sporting, it's a lot less physical than this. Um, these higher-level teams really rely on the physicality. The girls are bigger than we're used to facing. They're obviously stronger, more solid. They're faster, and they close down quickly, and they close down hard. And, you know, this is an adjustment the team, as it grows, is going to need to make. And, and I, with time, this is going to come. Okay? With time, this is going to come. So... Again, I would have loved to seen Katarina really get a hard smack on that one. That was back in the first half. But we come back here to the second half. There was a substitute at halftime also for for uh, Leon. In came Alice Sombath for Damaris Winke. And it didn't take long. It was the, the goal of the match and probably of the season so far in the Women's Champions League. It was in the third minute. You know, again... Uh, sorry, it was in the 53rd minute. Again, Benfica, I think your priority when when you come into the second half is to keep it 2-0 as long as possible. Wait for your opportunity. Try to get an opportunity. Try to make a difference. Try to reduce that lead and make a match out of it. But there's nothing you can do here. And uh, the ball is played out down the right. Macario gets onto the end of it. The American then uh, plays... A really well-weighted pass right back to the top of the goal area, right on the six-yard box, as they call it. And there is Melvin Millard with a bicycle kick, leaving no chance for, for Lele. That was a beautiful, beautiful goal. And it's one of those goals. These are the types of goals you want to get beat by, okay? You're going to face the best, and, if the, and they're going to beat you. You want to be beat by a goal like this and not by the first two we surrendered, not where you make mistakes right in front of your own goal and give 
you know, give them away. And again, this is where I am the manager. This this precise situation I'd have been worked would be worked already in mental training. I'm not saying they're not doing this. This is very easy for me to sit here in my chair in Boston, Massachusetts in the United States after watching the game and after rewinding the tape and looking at it again and looking at the position. It's very easy to say all this, okay? Um, and I'm sure this is something they tried to communicate. Right after a goal is a very dangerous time, especially when you feel the match slipping away. And when you give up a goal like that, you have a tendency to kind of, you know, start again to drop your shoulders, drop your your head, your body language starts to change. Um, you know, any any momentum they might have built or any belief they might have built coming into the second half gets dashed here within the first 10 minutes of ha- after halftime with just a, a highlight reel of a goal. Again, nothing you can – these are the ones you, you give the opposition, okay? If you're going to beat me, you got to beat me doing something like this. This is a sign of, that you're doing something right. So instead of – perceiving it as such a negative it gets you know you could perceive it as a positive but the team uh lowered their heads a little bit three minutes later it is leon breaking in again down the right center again okay and poor poor carol costa is trying to defend the cross she knows the cross is coming she's got her arms behind her back so that she does not handle the ball uh Katarina Marcario will will hold off on the cross. She'll wait. She'll delay as soon as as Kettle's arm is free because she's running. She can't. You cannot make too many. You definitely can't make lateral movements with your arms behind your your back. She's shuffling almost like a basketball player on defense. You know, trying to cut off the lane for the cross, and eventually that arm comes free, and that's when the cross comes. The cross hits her arm. We talked about. Arm to ball and ball to arm, and it's a different thing. I know the way the game is called today. Uh, with if it's if you're making yourself bigger, they basically call it. The referee chooses to call it. You can't say it's not a call. It's very unlucky and unfortunate, and it just feels like being kicked when you're down because the team is trying to regroup themselves mentally, trying to improve their shape, improve their positioning. And before you know it, you've give, you've conceded a penalty for handling the ball in the area. Again, the ref. Interestingly enough, the referee's assistant she did not put her flag up for this, and the center referee delayed for a moment and then whistled and pointed to the spot, and it was the Brazilian American Catarina Marcario stepping up. And the former Stanford Cardinal buries it to Leticia's right. Leticia gets a hand on it. But again, the shot is too strong and it goes in. Um, substitutions after that for Leon. In came Janice Kamen for Ellie Carpenter. And in came Emiline Laurent for Delphine Cascarino. Also in the same break, uh, Benfica make a triple substitution, and I think at this point it was time to to give some rest to some players. Which I don't know that that was the best time. I three three substitutions at a time for me. I feel like you're changing too many things, uh, especially when it's your three in in central midfield. You know the three playing behind Kika basically. So out go Andrea Faria. Ana Vitoria and Beatriz Camero 
In comes Valeria, Valeria Cantuario and Christy Uchibi and Marta Sintra. And five minutes later, Kadisha Buchanan scores her second one, assisted by Selma Bacha. And it just feels like the roof is caving in at this point. It feels like the sky is opening. You know, the dark clouds are just won't leave from above Benfica right now. 5-0. Um, this was the type of result we were hoping to avoid this season. Another double substitution for Leon here. Signe Brun comes on from Melvin Mallard. And one of, if not the best female player on planet Earth, still rehabbing. From a injury, it's Ada Hagerberg. She comes on. She's going to get a 23-minute run out in this one. And they had said she played 11 minutes at the at the in the last uh, match day against against Hawker and Hawking, excuse me. And uh, this time she doubles her playing time. Uh, she is. If you only follow the women's game at the international level, you don't know who she is. But she has won a number of Ballon d'Ors. She no longer plays for her country because she doesn't agree um, because of an inequality in the pay. Um, she's Norwegian. She does not represent Norwegian. She has stopped playing internationally due to what the women are paid versus the men. And very respectable that she actually is sacrificing her international career for this cause she truly believes in. So I think that's honorable, regardless of what you believe about the issue. It is honorable to me when someone sacrifices that much, sacrifices paychecks, sacrifices just international uh, prestige and, and, you know, sacrifices caps and goals and all of these things to stand up for a principle and a value that they have and that's very very honorable uh, she comes on here for Katarina Marcario and Benfica start to settle a little bit they start to move the ball around and really Leon kind of push back a little bit they 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 ease up a little bit on the press and they're starting to work their their movements. They everybody on the pitch knows there's an international break as soon as this match is over. So nobody wants to go into their national teams banged up, and the game starts to lose a little bit of intensity. And then we get a double substitution in the 90th plus three. We get Maria Negro, uh, the 17 year old, makes her Champions League debut. Again, she had the winner against Maritimo at the weekend. She replaces Pauleta. Um, Francisco Neto get Pauleta citizenship. She has to be very close to being uh, to being eligible. She would be perfect in the center of the midfield for the national team. But Matilde and and Maria Negron get on Pauleta and Lucia Alves come off. Uh, Lucia uh, had had looked to be injured for a moment, but it was just a cramp. She's off to her national team debut. Hopefully. Uh, the match ends 5-0, a heavy result for Benfica. But, again, I always get worried with these matches because we are in a process. We are in a growing process. There is a learning curve. And these types of matches against this level of opposition are going to happen. Not every time. We saw last match day that we can hang with these teams when, when we avoid the mistakes and we don't gift them goals. But in this one, you know, we we made some juvenile mistakes. We made some inexperienced mistakes. And I think we're going to learn from them. I am sure they are going to study this film. They're going to see exactly what I'm, you know, and then some. They're going to see the things that I'm saying here. But even with the 
with all of the eyes on it, with the performance analyst and the, the rest of the staff watching it, they're going to see so many things to work on. And I think they're going to work on those things. That has been a staple of this team since day one, that when there's something to work on, something to be fixed, they improve on that. So I fully obviously trust and believe in the staff and the players to get this done. Let's look at some statistics here. Okay. Um, possession went to Leon 63 to 37. That's not all that bad. Um, that's something you expected and I think would have taken coming into the match. Big disparity though in total shots. Leon 32 total shots. That's a lot. Benfica got seven. Uh, Leon had 14 on target. Well, Benfica had four on target. On target. Um, Leon also blocked five sh- five Benfica shots. Benfica managed one blocked shot. 13 corners to one. Yeah, that was tough uh, having to defend that many corners. Um, Leon just winning in every category, obviously. Benfica did commit eight fouls to Leon's four. Um, big chances. It was 10 to one in favor of the French side. Uh, they hit the woodwork four times. That's a lot. This could have very easily been a much more lopsided result. I know at halftime, I felt like this could have been 4 or 5 nil, and, we, and we, we should have been somewhat happy or somewhat encouraged to only be down 2 nil. Leon had 22 shots inside the box to Benfica's 4. Lele had 9 saves despite surrendering 5 goals. Uh, total passes... For Leon, 523, Benfica 327. Accurate passes, Leon 455, 87% accuracy. Benfica a 76% accuracy. Uh, you need a little better than that against a team that's this good because you, if you have the ball, you need to not give it away. And giving away a quarter of your passes is is kind of a lot in this situation against this type of opponent. Long balls. Uh, Leon connected on 24 of 32 long balls 75% efficient Benfica only 47% efficient Benfica connecting on only one cross out of four attempts while Leon connected on 10 crosses from 37 attempts that's a lot of attempts Benfica did lose possession 135 times uh duels this is a, a stat I like it it was also in favor of Leon uh, Leon won 61 duels to Benfica's 42, while aerials were 8 to 8. Benfica worked. It wasn't a lack of work. Benfica actually had more tackles than did Leon, 22 to 21, and more interceptions, 24 to 17. 31 clearances for Benfica. What do these stats say? They say that you know we we got a long way to go before we're at this level, but we know that this was not. Nobody should be surprised, and I'm hoping that fans are not going to start trashing the team, trashing the players. This is all part of a growing process. This team has been around for this team is in its fourth year of existence. Playing against a nine time, nine of the last ten European Champions League titles have gone to this Olympic Leon side. All right. Other match in the group today saw Bayern Munich win a four nil against Hocken. Let's look at the table now. And we are in Group D, as you know. Leon are top with six points, eight goals for, none allowed. Bayern second with four points, four goals for, none allowed. It's going to be tough to catch. Playing for second place, our our goals are are developmental and not necessarily uh, results based at this stage. But again. I think this next up, this double round where we will play back-to-back matches against Hocken, 
uh, could serve as a very good barometer of where we really are. I watched Bayern versus Hawken. It was not all that different to Leon versus Hawken. Okay, very one-sided. Uh, Bayern this time much more efficient than they were at Seychelles against Benfica. And you knew they would be because some of the ways that they missed, you know, the ball just wouldn't go in for them. Um, not that we didn't deserve the draw because we did. We played phenomenal last week, but you know that we, we that on a, on a different day at least one of those would have gone in so uh Bayern gets back on track here 4-0 win today over a Hocken so Benfica with one point sit third right now i think third would be a really good accomplishment in this in this uh group and uh, to win a match i think would be an even bigger accomplishment um, and to keep improving Benfica's coefficient rating, of course. So someday we can go straight to the round of 24 or, you know, we'll see what the future future editions of this competition will look like. Okay, so um, before I change gears here, in the first segment I failed to, I failed to uh, give you... The table in the in the Liga BPI South series, okay, and like I said, the league now is off until September the thirtieth, due to international international window here, um, World Cup qualifying to be specific. But Sporting lead the Serie with ten points, Benfica second with nine. Okay, only three, only one behind Sporting again, uh, one and two. Makes no difference. I think Space 1 and Space 2 advance also to the League Cup. I think if they do it like they've done it in past editions, uh, I'm not sure yet what the what the format is for this year's League Cup. Or I don't know if the league has even announced it. Um, the, the Federation's yet to announce anything regarding the Portuguese Cup. Last year's was canceled, and they're still um, not playing matches for this year's Portuguese Cup, so I don't know what's going on there. Third place is Torreense right now with eight points. They're having a phenomenal run for themselves. Uh, historically speaking, this is one of their best, probably their best uh, season at the, in the top flight so far. They got two victories and two draws, eight points. One of those draws coming against the leader, Sporting. Amora right now has fourth place in the final spot in the championship phase with five points. Maritimus one behind him with four. Oriense also on four. Istoril has two. And Athletic Club Portugal, our next opponents on Saturday, October the 30th, is in eighth place with one point. So funny we talk about the Tapadinha. Next league match is at, or oh, next match at all, is at the Tapadinha. But we are the away team. We're playing the actual home team for that stadium. So um, we'll see what kind of condition that pitch is in on the 30th of October. Okay. Last bit of business is to talk or wrap up the election um, coverage, the election opinion for Benfica for this past Saturday's historic record election. 40,115 people cast ballots from all over the world, okay? Um, and Rui Costa was elected with an amazing majority of almost 85%, uh, even more so than, than LFE had last year. So what I see when I see this is that he has not just the support of the old guard, not just the support of the Vieristas, he has the support of more than half of the people that voted for Noronha Lopes. 
Uh, I didn't expect that much of an overwhelming majority. I thought 80% is where he was going to be after the debate. But um, the num- the amount of people that voted, as they say, em branco, um, blank, was only about 2%. So it was a lot lower than I was expecting. I expected a 5 or 6% of you know, the most ardent uh, and the most hardened of anti-Vietistas would have voted for that. But, um, and I respect anyone who voted for that, by the way. It, that is your right. That is your um, preference. Uh, votes are not should not be cheap, and you should not just vote for somebody, somebody because they're on the ballot and you don't want to vote for the other person. So it is actually, to me, very noble that someone votes you know, blank or votes, abstains from vote, casts a vote, but abstains from adding to the tally of either candidate, if neither candidate fulfills the expectations or is in line with the view that they have for the club. I think that's, that's fine. That is, that is admirable. And I respect everyone that did that. Um, again, I want to see how Rui Costa being president is going to affect the women's team as well as the modalidades. I have more care for those departments than than some fans okay some many are just about the men's football team um so if they're winning all is good but that's not the case or at least that's not how i see it um i think the entire club needs to come together again there is division in this club that needs to be you know mended there are wounds that need to be healed um Benfica needs to become a more united club now. With this type of an overwhelming majority, it's time to bury the hatchet. I said this a year ago. I'm going to say it again. Whether your side won or lost this election, you have a job to do now. Those that voted for Rui Costa, your job is to support the president, obviously. And your job is to be behind the team. Those who didn't vote him, your job is to keep him accountable. Without an opposition, democracy does not work. If Rui Costa had walked into this election unopposed, he wouldn't have had to make any of the promises or any of the um, plans. He wouldn't have had to reveal any of the plans that he did, and I think that's the type of stuff that should always be transparent. And it was a good thing. I need to commend... I need to commend Francisco Benitez for running. Okay, he I don't think he ever believed he was going to win this election. I don't know. Very few people are going to beat a former player like Juli Costa, who's so beloved by many and who so many, you know, have divorced him from Luis Felipe in their minds. It was always going to be hard to beat him. But he went out there, he he did what was right for the club and he did, he did the best he could. I, I truly believe that he gave everything he had to this election. And, um, you know, he, he, he made Hui Costa a better candidate for it, in my opinion. And for that, all Benficistas should be thankful and everyone should be happy that we had an election with record turnout and the act, the participation of Benficistas and the high levels of participation, it could still be higher. I fully expect every election going forward, there's going to be more and more people voting because it's getting easier and easier to do. Um, but again, I went on on Mario's show on Benfica After 90 on YouTube live Saturday night. They still, they were counting the tallies that they still hadn't made an announcement. We went, we finished, we went off the air just after 10 p.m. my time here in the United States, which is just after 3 a.m. in Portugal with no announcement yet. 
I stayed up as <laughs> with one eye, basically. I was half asleep, but at about midnight my time, 5 a.m. Portuguese time, Lisbon time, that's when it was finally announced on BTV. Everyone else had already announced it. And finally, to the assembly, the president of the, the Misa, the assembly, the president of the assembly table uh, took to the microphone and announced you know, the results that with 84% of the vote, list A was your winner, led by Rui Costa. Rui Costa gave a short five-minute speech. You can find it on YouTube if you want to look for it, uh, his speech. He was gracious in victory. He thanked uh, Mr. Benitez for running. And um, first thing I would do if I am Rui Costa is I would meet with Benitez. And I would say, of all the things that you said you were going to do, you know, I would ask him which one would be most important. Which one do you want? Which one would you ask me to put in place? And I would start to work with him. And I think he's a guy that that has good ideas about what direction he wants the club to go in. And I think his opinion, like everyone else's, should be heard. And I think he's earned that respect from the president by running a clean and fair campaign against him. Now, again, I do have to mention this as much as I don't want to. I think BTV made a very, very poor judgment in airing Luis Felipe Vieta's interview live. Now, Luis Felipe Vieta has every right to go to this, to go to the stadium and to vote. He is still a socio in good standing because he's not been convicted of anything. This is all accusations. Uh, from what he's saying is he stepped down for personal reasons. We all know what his personal reasons are. Now, whether or not he stole from the club, most of us believe he did. And I, I will be, you know, also I will uh, be transparent here and tell you that I believe he stole from the club. I don't believe a word that comes out of the man's mouth. Honestly, he he says he says what he thinks everyone wants to hear and what, what is safe for him to say all the time. So I don't believe a word he said. I believe he did steal from the club or, you know, lev you know, borrowed, quote unquote, with the half hearted intention to put it back. Either way, it is it is things that did not belong to him that belong to the club funds that belong to the club. I do believe he stole. Uh, that said, he has not been convicted and we have to respect the process of law. And in Portugal, the process of law is very, very slow. OK. And uh, therefore, he is innocent until proven guilty. I mean, the club could face serious legal action if they ref if they don't allow him to vote. But there is nothing that says they have to give him the airways to to speak his mind or to give a message. Uh, he's no longer president. He resigned. Uh, we just elected a new one. I know at this point we hadn't yet, but the votes were coming in. And the most telling thing for me about Luis Felipe Vieira was what he chose to talk about. He chose to say that there was too much democracy, and too much democracy is bad. So he thinks he made an incorrect statement, uh, and he's ignorant to the history of Benfica when he says that the club was in better hands with less democracy. This club has always been democratic. 
They have always, it used to be yearly mandates. Presidents used to serve for one year and then have to run again in the old, real old days. Okay, then it went to being two-year terms. Now it's it, it's a four-year term. It's been three. It's been five in the past. It, right now it's at four years. And uh, he was there for 18. He was president for like 18 years. No one should be the president of anything that long, in my opinion, in my humble opinion. That, that is a core belief of mine. But, again... I can see interviewing him to get his reaction and whatnot. That should have been taped and then either edited or just cut. Of course, it would look like censorship, but this, re- or, or maybe it was best that BTV aired this so everyone can see Luis Felipe Vieta for the man he is, for the, the, you know, his true colors came through when he clearly does not care about anyone but himself. He does not care for this club because if he was any sense aware if he had any self-awareness he would not go vocally support Rui Costa that hurts Rui Costa with the sauce use anybody with half of a iota of common sense would stay away from saying something like that you tell him in private that you support him you don't go to the microphone and first of all complain that there's too much democracy complain that uh, on a day where the club is is running an election that is running smoothly, that is transparent, that everyone trusts, that everyone believes the correct, you know, the accurate results were reported, they believe their vote was counted, this guy goes and says that this is too much. And that that's just a complete lack of self-awareness and a complete idolization of himself. He's his own idol, okay? It's, it's self-idolatry at its best. To think that him lending a voice in support of Rui Costa would help Rui Costa in any way, all that did was fire up the opposition even more and fire up the argument even more that he's just uh, that he's just Vieta's crony. That was incredibly idiotic from Luis Felipe Vieta. And, you know, I started out by, I was about to criticize BTV, but after talking this through here, I'm glad they showed it so that everyone could see that. Um, I'm not glad they cut into coverage for him to do that. And they gave him eight minutes. That's way too much. He should not be given eight minutes. Um, But, again, I hope within due process that he'll be removed from the club once everything goes through. But if he's acquitted, I do feel safe here in saying that if he is acquitted and he decides he wants his position back, if it goes to a vote, I am 100% confident that Rui Costa would win a vote against Luis Filipeira now. Uh, this 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 election uh, confirmed that for me and makes me feel a lot better about the future of this of this club. Okay, so again, I think he needs to be given a chance now by everybody. Okay, he's done some good things, and the truth is, he speaks well. He was well prepared for the campaign. Uh, he, at least from an image standpoint, you know, is a very and, and aesthetically speaking, is a very good representation for our club at things like UEFA and in FIFA and in the FPF, and I think he has the club's best interests in mind. Okay, that's my take oh, That's my take on the election. There's a lot more. If you want to hear anything else, again, in the show notes, I have a link to my conversation with Mario from Benfica After 90 on YouTube, and you can hear some of my more detailed and his detailed opinions. Plus, we, we went through some some viewer some viewer questions, so... That's it for episode 129. The next episode will come your way 
either Saturday or Sunday. Monday, the latest, <laughs> Benfica men taking on uh, Trofense this Saturday in the Portuguese Cup, and then the following two, the following Wednesday, uh, taking on Bayern Munich in the UEFA Champions League. All right, so stay tuned to wherever you listen to this podcast. Make sure you su- subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Tune, TuneIn, uh, Castbox. Uh, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, Audacity, uh, on Alexa, wherever you get your podcasts, okay, uh, wherever it is, go ahead and subscribe so that it gets in your feed whenever I drop an episode. And please don't forget to follow the YouTube channel. I will start doing some episodes on YouTube again very, very soon. Uh, my internet issue seems to be resolved, which will allow me to live stream again. And also don't forget, if you haven't already, follow the show on Twitter at Benfica Mister. We're working our way there. We are over 900 follows now, working our way to 1,000. Um, so please, if you haven't already, follow the show. If you do follow the show, please share it with your friends um, so that we can get this out to as many people as possible. Anyone who speaks English who loves Benfica, I want to get this out to. And uh, don't forget, also, check out the homepage, www.mrbenfica.com. You can also find me on Instagram at, at Mr. Benfica. And if you have any questions, any any comments, you can always drop me a direct message either in Instagram or in Twitter. Or you can email me at Benfica at gmail.com. All right, that is episode 129 for you. I'll see you this weekend. We'll talk Tassa Portugal. And um, I'll catch you up to date on Modulidade as well. That's coming this weekend. Thank you. Carrega Benfica. Força Benfica. Girls, keep your heads up, all right? These are the nights that you remember forever even in defeat you did the club proud and uh here's a little musical tribute to the girls um a little bit from the late great avici and i hope everyone enjoys and has a good rest of the week forza benfica e polutibus unum Once upon a younger year when all our shadows disappeared the animals inside came out to play when face to face with all our fears Learned our lessons through the tears Made memories we knew would never fade One day my father, he told me Son, don't let it slip away He took me in his arms, I heard him say When you get older, your wild heart will live for younger days Think of me if ever you're afraid He said one day you leave this world behind So live a life you will remember Don't forsake this life of yours I'll guide you home no matter where you are One day my father, he told me